Mark, I, I get it, okay? You're the DC shill, and we are talking about Madam Web tonight, but come on. Some brand loyalty. Is that too much to ask? I have brand loyalty. I'm showing brand loyalty. What are you talking about? <sighs> loyalty to the brand we're here to discuss. <laughs> and this definitely, this movie has a, a smacks of product uh, through and through. Um, we, yeah, we're talking about Madam Web, a, a film that I didn't even think I was going to discuss because like the world, I watched that trailer and I said, nope, no thank you. Um, but I am also a whore for content, so that's why we're here to talk tonight. Um, now, I have looked at the reviews. I was fully ready for this to be another The Room type experience where everyone has to see this movie and, and trash it because it's so awful. Uh, I read uh, what David Fear's review in Rolling Stone in which he, I believe it's one where he compared this to Showgirls. Um, yes. The headline was, uh, Madam Webb is... Not as bad as you've heard. It's so much worse. Uh, I also listened to my colleagues when they went to see it. And I've heard nothing but awful things. I paid money to see this movie oh. last night. I did. Same here. Um, oh. and, and I went, listen, despite what I said last week, I went on Valentine's Day yeah. for various reasons. And I went by myself. Yeah. Yeah. For various reasons, um, my wife and I decided that we're just going to do Valentine's Day on Friday. So there was no love lost, no pun intended. Uh, we're all good. Um, and she let me go out and see Madam Webb. And I think she fully expected when I came home to have one of those kind of late nights where I stumble in from watching an awful movie. and I just, I just don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want to live. Um, but it was the exact opposite reaction. She came in. She saw the look on my face as I was putting my coat away. And she said, you loved it, didn't you? And I said, no, but I really liked Madam Web. And we're going to talk about that tonight because this is definitely a minority opinion. It's 14% on the tomato meter right now. Um, and I have a feeling that uh, we might have a diversity of opinion uh, here on the panel tonight. Who is the panel? Well, I am Ian Simmons of Kicking the Seat, of course. We have Mark the Movie Man Krawcheck, a.k.a. the DC shill of Special Mark Productions and the Spoiler Room Podcast, and Katie Glidewell, the blonde in front herself, Sporting, I want to start off with you, Katie, because right before we began, went live, I was asking about your apparel and I couldn't quite see it. Um, but I was like, oh, is that a Madam Web t-shirt? And you said, no, it's a Spider-Man t-shirt. Now, tell us your thoughts on the theory behind the lack of Madam Web swag. I honestly feel like the studio didn't want to put any merchandising behind it because I think they kind of knew it was going to be a lemon, which is a shame because even with a lemon, um, I love swag. Uh, I would have, yeah. um, and especially like with anything with webs and spiders and, you know, like these women behind it, you've got four powerful women that are supposed to be like this Madam Web, you know, um, girl gang and all that stuff. I would have been all for that, even despite the way I feel about the film. And there's nothing. And um, that, to me, I think is a huge loss um, in an opportunity. But I also think that they th um, that the people behind the film and the studio thought, like, you know what? Uh, we'd rather just not even take a loss at all with the merchandising and just, like, like put the movie out and that's it. Get it out and move on. Exactly. Yeah. I I'm getting that feeling too. Although it's it's a shame because even 
I don't know if folks can see it, but uh, the background of this live stream is the Dakota Johnson kind of marketing material. And it's got that that very, you know, maroon kind of crimson web feel to it that your Spider-Man shirt has. So, yeah, another missed opportunity. Um, so, Katie, what was your reaction to Madam Webb? Was it as terrible as people are saying in your estimation? Uh, was it not that bad and we're just kind of a, a victim of, you know, bad review inflation? Uh, what did you think? So one of my things is I never watch any, I never read anything. I never watch anything, no trailers before I go into a film. So the only thing that I knew was that it had Dakota Johnson and Sydney Sweeney. And honestly, that's about it. Uh, so I had no preconceived notions, nothing. I don't know any of the background with the comics. So I just want to go in and see what the film is about. I knew it's Marvel. So, you know, it's the MCU and all that. But other than that, that was it. Um, what I left with was, I just felt like it was very confusing and not believable, not unbelievable, but not believable in several situations. Uh, there were just dumb little scenes that didn't make sense. There were big scenes that me made even lesser sense. Uh, <laughs> I felt like this is supposed to be some sort of like origin story for uh, a franchise. And I feel like they just totally bombed it. And that's a shame because I think the actresses, honestly, I think each of the actresses that are supposed to be in um, this Madam Web um, kind of mystique are fantastic. I love Sydney Sweeney. I like Dakota Johnson. And I like mm -hmm. the other um, two actresses. I apologize. I forget their names. But I thought that, you know, all of them together, I really would like to see what would actually happen. And I know from uh, it's I don't know. It's like they were teasing us that something was going on and that actually frustrated me more. And that just made me end up being angry at the end. Cause I was like, what are you guys doing? What, why are you, why are you doing this? And then not showing us the full thing. And then also there's a whole thing with this, um, the whole thing with like the Spider-Man kind of thing. That's not, not spoken. That's unspoken, but spoken that if you mm -hmm. know, you know, you kind of know what's going on, but at the same time, it's like, why are you guys like teasing us with that? I, I just was, yeah, I just end up leaving very frustrated because I was thinking, you know, this honestly could have been something. And I feel like you guys really effed it up. <laughs> I don't know why. I, you know, we had completely different reactions to the movie, but it's like, it's like having the same cold, but with different things if that even makes sense yeah. um because i think and i know here here come the speaking of tomatoes here comes the ones flying at me through through the internet i think the script for this movie was very strong i think the execution of it is what profoundly screwed it up um and there was a lot that i liked in the storytelling it's it's far from perfect um but actually attempt to answer i think some of your confusion because it was confusing to me at times too but again a lot of that came back to the way that it was filmed um you know it, it definitely the the director 
was it S.J. Clarkson, mm -hmm. I think is her name. She comes from, she does a lot of television. And uh, I was listening to a podcast recently talking about the difference between television directors and film directors and how film directors can do really well in television, but television directors with a few exceptions don't tend to do well in the movies because they tend to be more journeymen and not so much visionaries. And I feel like that's definitely the case here. Um, but before we get any further into those in specifics, because I'm going to put up a spoiler tag very soon, because there's a lot to get in here tonight. Um, Mark, what did you think of, of Madam Web? Where do you fall on this? And man, I just realized how much Batman stuff you have in your shot. <laughs> and this is, this isn't, <laughs> this isn't all of it. It's very, I cut back. I, I wanted to cut back. Um, I, here's the thing with Madam Web is I, it wasn't as bad as everybody had was early like people coming out and painted their pictures of of how bad it was going to be i'm like no but you can i think it goes with that similar symptoms uh i had to chew on it for a while before i did my review usually i do my movie man movie minutes literally i get home from the theater and i do it and i had to chew on this one for a bit because i had to separate the film that it could have been versus the film that it is and yeah. so i had to i in on all honesty and it, there's not a lot of films that i i do that with but this was one that i wanted to do the review but i wanted to give it based on that film and not just my head writing going wow if they would have only turned right instead of left here this could have been a great film and i think it falls back to both what katie and you said we have a director who is from television and this film plays out like a television pilot more than it plays out like a movie it's almost yeah it's almost like a four-parter crammed into two hours right because yeah. you're watching it and, and, yeah. and you can see like seeds of stuff and everything being dropped and, and things like you're it, it was written you know handled in such a way to where like okay, this is what we're going to give you, and this will be, we'll be expanding on this more in later episodes, but you're not, this is a film, but <laughs> it felt like it was being handled like an episode, a pilot for like a new show um, in many ways. And that's not, that's not saying that it's horrible or that pilots are horrible, but it really felt like that. Like when we get certain scenes, which you don't have the spoil, I don't want to Rude, but when we get to well, let, uh, wait, wait, let's pull over because I don't want to trip you up. I, I like no, to no. keep this flow going any more than I already am, by the way. <laughs> um, so we're going to turn on the spoiler tag, everybody. You know, Madam Web opens this weekend. It's probably going to have a historic box office. <laughs> of some um, yes. So if you intend to see it and you don't want to know what's going on, please come back after you've watched it. If you're like most people, you probably have no intention of watching it. Maybe even consider turn this off until you've seen it eventually come back a year or two from now because you don't necessarily want to spoil what we're talking about here however if you don't care at all hang out we'd love to have you and comment and all that good stuff we want to hear from you if you've seen it what do you think if you're going to see it or not going to see it we want to hear that too but mark please spoil away the folks have been warned <laughs> we get flashbacks of the trio in their spider outfits as their spider characters and i wasn't recognized and i loved it. i'm like i want to see more of that trio and like i said the way they were handled and everything was handled it was handled like don't worry we'll cover this during the first season and you're, and you're like 
no, this is a movie. This isn't an, a pilot episode. If this is a pilot episode, in all honesty, for a, sh a limited series, I don't think people would have a problem with the way this is written because you could expound on a number of things that they play out here. But you get like this whole thing in this uh, contained story. And in all honesty, I, I understand. And this is where I'm kind of in between. I'm between Katie and I'm between you because... Um, I didn't care for Dakota Johnson's performance in this for most of it. I understand what they were doing with her character, but it was a little too flat for me to where I didn't really give a damn about her character for the three girls, the three girls. I absolutely did. I, I wanted to see just those three on the run and starting to, whatever something happens or whatnot, they start to decide to become, you know, into their powers or whatever power. I, I'm not familiar with the characters enough, not just because I'm a DC shield, but these, this is a corner of the MC uh, of the Marvel universe that unless you're into Marvel comics, you're not going to catch pretty much any of these characters as far as background or who they actually are supposed to be, you know, unless you follow a comic book group or whatnot. So taking the film as is, I like the dynamic between the three girls. It wasn't until like the last 15, 10, 15 minutes, I actually started warming up to the Madam Web character, uh, mm. uh, Dakota Johnson's character. And I understand that's what they were going for, but I would have liked to see a little more of a gradual arc <laughs> with her than, than suddenly, I hate kids, I hate kids, I hate kids. These kids are annoying. I hate kids. Oh, I love you guys. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I, I think you're being a bit harsh. I mean, it's your perception or whatever, but I think her arc was pretty solid from the beginning all the way to the end. I don't think it was as abrupt as that. Um, and the reason that she kind of softened to these girls is because she has a revelation about her own mother. Right. Um, now, that this movie opens in what the, the Amazon in 1973 and uh, Cass. This, if the name is canon, that's fine, but I'm, I'm fine with switching things up just in this case because you cannot have a lead character in a Spider-Man movie whose name is Cassie Webb. It just, it sounds ridiculous. It's so on the nose. It's a nostril. Um, but, okay, her mother is, uh, she's exploring the Amazon. She's taking pictures. She's looking for this rare spider that has, I guess, some kind of healing properties. Um, and there's this, uh, you know, really shifty guy that's with her named uh, Ezekiel. And he wants to get the spider as well for reasons of his own, which, you know, when I said the script was really strong, it is weak in terms of his characterization, because I don't think we ever find out what his deal is, really. Uh, you know, he's this kind of like mercenary looking guy at the beginning of the movie. He steals the spider once Cassie's mom finds it shoots a bunch of people, shoots Cassie's mom while she's very pregnant, uh, and then makes off with the spider. And then 20 years later, it's 2003, we're in New York, and all of a sudden he's like this, you know, incredibly wealthy, shadowy figure who has David Mamet's daughter, like, as the girl in the chair, like, using NSA technology to find these three girls that he has visions of murdering him at some point in the future. Now, all that sounds ridiculous, because it is, but... It kind of works. The stuff in the Amazon doesn't work at all because it is goofy. It's movie of the week. It's rushed. I don't quite know what the tone is. 
all of the uh, Ezekiel character's lines throughout the film sound like when you watch an Italian, like a giallo film from the 60s or 70s, those are all shot in Italian and dubbed over with English voices. Yeah. This sounds like that happened, except they dubbed him over with an actor with a Spanish accent, but it still doesn't quite match. Uh, it's it's very off-putting. Plus, he looks like Hassan Piker for some reason. Anyhow, uh, the flash forward to 20... 2003 where you catch up with Cassia as an adult she's an EMT she doesn't have you know a family she doesn't have kids she's got a best friend named Ben Parker played by Adam Scott who is the one and only Uncle Ben and he's got a sister-in-law who's you know also very pregnant uh, played by Emma, Emma Roberts and he's just started dating someone and he thinks there might be a future there and that's you know May although we never you know established that I liked no. the kind. Hmm? No, yeah, no. That's one of my big issues with the movie is that you know the whole thing. Oh, I'm. I found someone. I think they might be it. So the whole thing, I'm like, oh, they're going to introduce like you know a, a younger version of Marissa Tomei. This is going to be great. But then nothing happens with that, and it's like, why are you teasing us? Why? Sorry. Well, I, I, no, I think I, I understand your frustration, but I think this is this is that is what you expect from a comic book movie. I think if this were any other like late stage Marvel film, it would have been that on the nose. But this movie, it is doomed to not have a sequel, but it is ambitious in that it's trying to set up future movies. And I think that in a Madam Web 2, because the Ben Parker character at the end, he's alive He's ostensibly still friends with uh, with Cassie. Uh, they, you know, probably would have introduced that, you know, some storyline somehow. I liked that they didn't cram the entire Peter Parker backstory uh, into this movie. They allowed a little bit of breathing room. It's almost an Easter egg, like, oh, I know who he's referring to. Yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. Um, but I, you know, we see this character in the trailers. I'm like, okay, so it's Ben Parker it's going to be a side part, you know, like an Easter egg, a gag, and then he's going to go away. No, he's a major character in this movie. And I think he's an important character uh, in this film because it shows the kind of person that would end up raising Peter Parker, the kind of guy who would, on the word of his best friend, take in three, you know, runaway teenagers who are in trouble and shelter them from some kind of danger and not ask too many questions because he's that kind of a stand-up guy. Um, I really liked Adam Scott in this movie. And I thought his chemistry with Dakota Johnson, especially in the early parts, was a lot of fun. They've got some kind of repartees. They're going around like, you know, being EMTs. Um, yeah, I, th I think it really works. But as far as, you know, her storyline, Cassie, she's got this issue with, you know, never having had a family. She gets invited to, uh, was it May or Mary Parker? Uh, Mary. Peter Parker's Mary's mom, uh, especially Peter Parker's birthday or baby shower. And she's very awkward. She trips over her word. She says kind of, you know, unintentionally offensive things and gets all the shocked looks. But she's really uncomfortable around the idea of kids. And this all comes back to a resentment of her mom, essentially like getting killed in the Amazon for taking this huge risk of going there when she's, you know, really pregnant. She's like, why would she do that? What kind of a mother dot dot dot? And we find out later in the film, and what I thought was a very moving scene, she gets an insight into that. Her mom was trying to find 
the cure for an in utero disease that this spider venom or whatever could could cure. And then everything kind of went wrong. So at the end of the film, she kind of discovers this maternal instinct and understands the idea, the level of sacrifice that she needs to uh, put forth for these, you know, these three girls mirroring what her mom gave up for her. I thought that was really lovely. The thing about this movie, as opposed to, say, The Marvels or Argyle, is I get the feeling that the people behind it set out to make a real Marvel Cinematic Universe film that just happens to be in that off-brand Sony category. It's not a joke. It's not a farce. They're not winking at people constantly. It's just that the execution is not up to par. And I can't, I can't fault it for that. I, I didn't you in the back yes I, I i didn't know that that was the parkers at all until i looked up the cast list after i saw the movie it's all really? over the movie mark <laughs> i missed i totally missed he was ben parker i totally missed he that was she... mary and that they talked about richard and all that stuff and then the dumb game that they did during the baby shower it's like let's Let's guess the baby's name, which I'm going to tell you, gentlemen, that is never a game you play at a at a baby no, shower. I, and as a woman watching this, I was like, this is one of the stupidest scenes I've ever seen in a film. They you never have a game. Guess the baby's name. And I'm like, OK, I get what you're trying to do now. Now I see why. Yeah, no, this is Katie, definitely Parker. Katie, think about it. They never have these games. Maybe that's because back in 2003, they tried it in New York. And it was a fad that died on the vine. <laughs> I, so now they don't do it. Look, I, I don't know <laughs> if I missed the mention of it, if I was too focused on the madam character or didn't quite care for the other characters or the fact that I'm not that. I, it's been a while since I watched anything Spider-Man. So maybe I didn't just catch the references because I'm not familiar with half the references in here well did you not get the reference where is it um uh the only reference that i got in here was the reorganizing of the great uh with great power comes great responsibility line it yes. was done in a different order and and rearranged but it was like okay but that's the thing is i don't know if it was way the audio was mixed or what but i did not catch that he was ben parker i just caught that he was her partner but i did not catch that he was ben parker or that uh that his sister-in-law they say mary okay it's mary you know uh well i yeah I, I i get it mark you didn't get it but i mean there were two really on the nose references one was when she flat out called him ben parker and the other one was when she said, you know, he just can't wait to be to be Uncle Ben. Now, when you go back and watch this movie for a third, fourth and fifth time, as I am going to, because I'm a big fan of this movie, um, maybe you'll catch it. But so, yeah, I and the, the I'm glad you brought up the, the reversal of the line because they've played with that in the various Spider-Man movies that we've seen since 2002. And it never quite works. You know, it was great when they did it. Um, uh, Cliff Robertson, I think, was uh, mm -hmm. in the, the first time, you know, but then they I think in the Amazing Spider-Man movies, it was like, well, if you have great power, then you must also it goes without saying have great. You know, they just keep adding stuff to it in this. It works for Cassie's story because she is an irresponsible 
adult insofar as she doesn't have to care about anybody or for anything. And she's just kind of like anybody who intrudes on her space is just kind of annoying, even to the point of like having to be guilted into going to the funeral of one of her best friends on an answering machine. So at the end, when she is told by that guy back, she goes back to South America to learn from South American Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, you know, when you take on great responsibility that comes with a great power, great. that is an important lesson for her to, to learn. And she, that literally manifests itself in a way that I don't understand her powers. He tells her that once she masters these abilities to see into the future, kind of final destination style between a few seconds and, you know, several minutes. And she grows to learn that she can affect the future and stop bad things from happening. He says, once you truly master that, you can be at multiple places at the same time. Like, wait, what? <laughs> how does how does that work? And it, and it happens at the end. And I don't understand it. But the, the climax of this movie, I think, is the least interesting part of it. And that's a strange thing to say, as well as endorsing the movie. I one of the things about her powers i got i was somewhat confused with i thought i mean i it seemed to they seemed to come when she had that near-death experience and yeah. then after that but then it's like they happened at the baby shower which i thought maybe they were going to happen when it's like you know something dangerous or something um you know during a point of like you know stress or high you know something horrible was going to happen that's when she would get these. But then when it happened, when it happened at the baby shower, I was like, why isn't it? Ha why is it happening here? Since this doesn't really seem to be any big deal. It Unless does. It, the bit that does, it does lead because if you'll recall when she yells out Ben and everyone's like, what are you talking about? Cause that was, they were playing the, the, the baby name game and she just says yeah. Ben right after that, Ben bursts into the party and says, Casa, we've got to go. And that's when they go to the docks and there's that whole ambulance yes. thing. So essentially Which... this is this is her powers. It, it's kind of like in, in the X-Men movies where a mutant who is manifesting their powers, they'll have like little, it's almost like starting a car engine. They'll be like little zzzit, and they'll finally get humming. But you have those little moments where you're like, what is going on here? That was her what is going on here moment. Which, and I'll also add to that, when they go to the docks and she's like, no, I want to drive and all that stuff. When she keeps reliving the moment where she's like doing the CPR and then there's blood on her hands. I mean, I in no way, and we're doing the spoilers on this. I did not see that being Mike Epps on the ground that she was doing the CPR on. And then when the crash happened and it's like, I was like, Wow, that really, to me, that didn't look like him on the ground at all. I know they kept flashing back and forth. And I felt like that was a big, big miss because it seemed like she knew something was going to happen, but she didn't, she herself didn't even realize it was him that was on the ground. And then when, you know, the crash happened and he ends up dying, I was like, yeah, that really, sh I feel like we really should have seen his face more because I felt like that would have had more of a connection with the audience to him and also her to him in that scene. And I thought, you know, as one of the, like one of the first scenes that she's really figuring out her powers or like figuring out what's going on, that that was, that to me was a big miss. I, 
I'll talk through that as well. I mean, yeah. now it's it's funny because the last time we talked about something similar to this was Argyle, where you know um, Bryce Dallas Howard's character keeps flashing and seeing characters change in front of her face. I like the fact that the person that she sees, you know, with the blood on the hands, his face is out of focus. We can't tell who exactly it is. I think that is meant to put us more in Cassie's shoes. Because I think if it was obvious to her, if she looked down and saw that it was Mike Epps's face, she would have been a lot more adamant about not letting him get behind the wheel of the ambulance. At this point, she's still disoriented. She's like, oh, right. okay, I'm at this accident scene. I'm giving CPR to you know multiple people because she's like running around and, and like resuscitating them and then calling for someone saying, hey, come, come get this guy. I helped him out just enough to get them to the next step. So when she sees the blood on her hand, she's very confused. The, the person below her has changed a couple of times to this kind of shapeless figure. Now, a few minutes later, that's when she realizes that she was seeing the vision of her friend dying on her. And it I think it was one or maybe two episodes later when she's back in her apartment and the whole pigeon thing happens. That's when she realizes that she's not just having a psychotic break where she thinks she's seeing the future, that she can actually affect things with the simple matter of opening the window so the pigeon doesn't fly into it and die. I think it all works. I think it could work again. Better how to fix that scene the wavelength there oh you you blinked out a little bit there ian but no i i get it it, it really does come i think a bit to the direction of this film to where and what's funny is that scene that we see with him out of focus that's what i figured they were going for too is that she wasn't quite sure that seems a lot more clear in the trailer because they put that scene in the trailer and oh, that really? scene in the trailer, in the seat of the trailer where she's giving, uh, you know, CPR and she looks down, you see, you clearly see it's him hmm. in the trailer because she jumps back real quick thinking, oh, I just saw my buddy. Whereas in the movie, it wasn't quite as clear from her perspective. But in the trailer, there's a scene where she jumps back, her hands are, she's like, oh, you know, and and the way it was cut. So, yeah, you know, it, it's it's one of those things where I, I get where Kate, Katie's coming from and you're coming from, Ian. And I, I like I said, I, I'm not trying to be on the fence, but I am in the middle. I see <laughs> I, I there there's some things that, you know, they're, they're, they're both good points. And I and I see them and it, it is an execution. Uh, it's just like I honestly don't think you need the Amazon opening for this film in all honesty. It, I think you could handle it differently than giving us a full sequence that, and then basically repeating the sequence when she's back. And it's not just this film. Other films have done this as well to where they feel the need to give you the whole scene. And then later on in the film, one of the characters sees the exact scene the audience has already seen. And now I mm -hmm. get they're trying to get the audience to be more knowledgeable than your main character to go, oh, look, look, here, here. But I think in this case, it would have worked for me more if we would have got little flashes of her even with her powers getting glimpses of her mom and what had happened when she's going through the books and shit. 
you know, because by that time she's starting to come into her powers when she's got her, the books, when she pulls out the stuff from her mom and she's all this big about, you know, not having family. I think it would have been more effective had they not had laid everything out with what happened with her, his, her mom right away. Give it to us in pieces the same way uh, Cassie gets pieces enough so that it, we're going on this with her going okay, what about her mom? Why did he go with the mom? And why is he with her just before she died? You know, that meme that's running around. And you that, know. like, I, I want to pull over a second. That meme drives me crazy, especially because that line that everyone was making fun of from the trailer is mm -hmm. not in the movie. Mm -hmm. What? It's not I, in there. I don't know what you guys are talking about. In the, in the trailer, if you go back and watch it, there's a line where Dakota Johnson is talking about her mother uh i i can pull it up here a second because i had a it was it's actually on imdb that's how bad this is she said <laughs> that man is ezekiel sims i'm gonna read it the way that she delivers it in the trailer that man is ezekiel sims he was in the amazon with my mom when she was researching spiders right before she died now yeah that's not in the movie no nope. it is i think that might have been something they asked dakota johnson to read to be in the trailer to help explain it, you know, in a two and a half minute segment. But, you know, Mark, I, I understand where you're coming from, but I think, and again, this comes, I'm, I'm so frustrated because I think this comes back to the clumsiness of the direction. I think you need that opening Amazon scene delivered better. But when I'm watching this, I'm thinking, lady, what are you doing out in the Amazon looking for dangerous, poisonous spiders with mercenaries when you're like 20 months pregnant? You're an idiot. And, you know, she gets shot. And I'm like, yes, yes, she endangered her child and, and all this other stuff. I think it's meant to, on some level, engender a sense, that same sense that Cassie grew up with, mm -hmm. which is like, yes, you made all these looks like very selfish decisions, you know, at the expense of your daughter. And we come to find out that she was doing the exact opposite. She figured, well, my daughter doesn't have a chance unless I go to the ends of the earth to find this cure. Um, so yeah, I think it could be handled better parts. It doesn't help that Amazon thing was just so poorly executed. The spider people. Okay. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going back to knock the screenplay again. You guys are going to help me unpack the, the, the fact this wasn't a great written movie, except in parts. I think there are parts of this movie that absolutely sing, yeah. but you've got Ezekiel saying, Oh, they're like Los Arenas, the, the, the crazy spider people who jump across trees. And it's a legend and no one has ever seen them before until two minutes after he mentions the legend. All of a sudden, all these fucking spider people are all over the place, you know, lifting Cassie up and, and parkouring her across the, the, the Amazon to a secret cave where they put her in the water and have a spider bite mom and all this weird stuff. And then, then we flash back to it later on in the film like, no, once was more than enough. Um yeah, what do we make of that scene, gang? Yeah. Well, and the thing is, you made a good point. I mean, one, I didn't mind the Amazon part because I do think that's a better opening than her um, aggressively driving that ambulance very, very badly and not believably because that was, again, yeah. not a very good part in my... And then putting on the brakes and stopping right in front of the teenager when that she would have hit her. That would not have happened. I mean so many things in that chase scene that I was like, this is just bad. This is bad I, filmmaking right here. I figured out what bothered me about that chase scene so much. Cause while I was watching him, like there's something really wrong here, but I can't put my finger on it. 
I think what happened was, and this is a hypothesis, I feel like they just filmed someone driving an ambulance at just slightly over regular speed. Yeah. But then they took the camera like on a yep. dolly and was like swooshing it around to make it look like it was driving fast. <laughs> they sped it, it up. Did... They they did speed it up too. I mean, I liked the chase scenes in all honesty. I liked I liked all the I I had fun with the vehicle and, and the chase scenes in here. And wait, um, in the beginning or like the end? Are you talking about the, just, the ambulance? Just, anytime, the anytime it involved vehicles or something where <laughs> there, there was a chase going on in this film. I, I enjoyed it. I I I I thought it was handled well enough for the film. Again, I didn't go in with any expectations or anything, and I'm not even I'm not really familiar with any of the characters. And obviously, I apparently missed even some direct references to characters, uh, but, <laughs> because I was focused more on on her character because I was trying to figure it out, you know. And that's the thing is I didn't catch a lot of the Easter eggs because I was focused on the Madame Web character going, okay, when are we getting these powers? What are we going to evaluate? But I like the chase scenes part. Uh, quite a bit. I liked it when uh, not, you know, with a nega Spider-Man uh, showing up and, and chasing, you know, them and, and they did the whole uh, electrocute, you know, to knock him off the, the ambulance. That was I, I, that was fun. Yeah. That was great. No, yeah. that chasing, that was awesome. That's what would have been great at the beginning it, when she was doing that. Yeah, yeah. No, and, and no, her, her driving in the beginning with the ambulance, it was a bit awkward, but I was still enjoying it. I like mostly because I was enjoying the banter between uh, yes. her and her partner quite a bit. I was more focused on that than anything. And yeah, you're right about her probably hitting the little girl, but there's a lot of, I guess I give that a pass only because we've witnessed that so many times in films it didn't even really bug me that much anymore you yeah. know that, that that happened because at the minute the girls in front even if you hadn't seen the trailers you know oh we're alluding that they're linked somewhere because we 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 reside on her just a little bit longer um but i didn't i didn't mind that but you know i think with the opening sequence if they would have stopped it at her being shot Yes. Like, like, you know, at her being shot and him running away with the spider and then you fade and then the stuff you get with the spider people maybe was flashbacks or her tuning into her power and finding out what her mom did, having that happen later. I think that opening with the Amazon would have felt better for me. But the fact that we get spider people and we almost get the exact shot. I'm like sitting here going, they use the exact same spider people crawling down the trees shots like three times. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, well, I think you're the one to point out, Mark, this if this is real, this is unreal. The budget for this movie is only like $80 million. Yeah. Um, now, that's that, that's low budget considering most Marvel movies. But here's the thing. I didn't, aside from the economy of reusing shots, it didn't feel that low budget to me. I mean, even in like the special effects shots mm -hmm. where she's like in that kind of web averse and all that stuff, that seemed, you know, pretty good. I, the, the Marvels, which cost a lot more than this movie, I think had had way sh shoddier CGI. Um, but yeah, I I want to pull over a bit and talk about these these characters, um, the the three uh, protagonists, because I've been reading Spider-Man comics for several years, and I don't recall seeing any reference to these these characters I think, but in fairness i think i've only seen madam webb pop up once in a cameo somewhere mm -hmm. on the pages of the book so but i really liked these three actresses and the way that they were portrayed katie you mentioned earlier that there's there are four strong female leads in this movie and i think for once 
when it comes to a comic book movie that's come out in the last 10 years, I actually agree with you. Um, I feel like a lot of quote unquote strong female characters, the way that they're conceived in, in modern blockbusters is basically taking on the worst traits of men and putting them into female bodies. Like they're, they're stoic, they're cold, they're no nonsense and all this other stuff without any kind of acknowledgement of what you might call femininity or feminine instinct. The, the three teenagers that we have in this movie and Cassie Webb, I think feel like real people to me. They feel like they came out of the year 2003 and it was so kind of refreshing to see, you know, these smart characters who bicker and banter. I, I would, Mark, you brought up television. I would watch a series with mm -hmm. these four characters, like That's this what sort I. of proto, proto <laughs> X-Men kind of thing, which I feel like this movie, if it had done something and, you know, it's too early to tell, but it's going to be flop city. I guarantee it. I could see a Madam Web franchise where, Cassie Webb is the new Charles Xavier. I mean, at the end, spoiler oh, yeah. alert, again, she's in a wheelchair and she's got these kind of psychic abilities and she's, you know, raising these kids with, you know, eventually they're going to have powers. They don't quite have them yet, but I, I would be all about that. Well, and that's where I was at with it. And that's what I even said in my in my review that and even at the beginning of this, I would love to watch those three characters in action and, and develop into the superheroes that we see them in the flashbacks that Ezekiel has that kick his ass. I would love to see a series. I I wish they would have actually done a limited series with this because I think I think this would have been a good launching pad for like a six or eight episode series to where not only can you then see them develop you can see Madam Wend, Hover Sills, and we could even still have Ezekiel. Uh, uh, we could get more on him because, you know, that's the one thing that wasn't a surprise is the fact that it's a poorly written villain, which we get in, M in Marvel for the last 15 years. I'm sorry, but most of the villains in Marvel have really been one note written. And Loki, you could say, well, Loki, but... He's been the gray area character who is is villain, but but not. And then they do a series to where he kind of becomes a hero. You know, I'm talking about like the tried and true and wool, died and wool villains are usually like one note in Marvel films, and and I know in most comic book films in general, but especially Marvel films, it, it, it's one note. So for Ezekiel, it didn't surprise me. What did surprise me is how quick the man can change clothes. So <laughs> that that really, I mean, the dude was like. Nega spider outfit suit, Nega spider outfit again. And I'm like, dude, I know you're quick with the spider, but holy crap, what do you like the flash? <laughs> well, he was he was just wearing it underneath his clothes. I, that, I feel like only... that was one of his powers. I don't know. <laughs> that that became one of his powers. Like, oh, and the spider also does this. <laughs> Let's do a montage. Like, all right, really quick, everybody. Get a catchy, get a catchy tune, and let's do that. So now, help me, help me out with something, Katie. Ezekiel has, and this is might be something I missed. This might be my Uncle Ben moment. But how how does he have powers? Did he? Because uh, I know he's got the venom that can you know ease ooze out of his pores and infect people and you know give them cardiac arrest. But was he giving himself like spider treatments with this thing that he brought back from the Amazon? Is that what we're led oh, to believe? Oh, he the spider's been biting him all yeah. this time. Yeah, and that's why he has like that little not diorama, the little um, 
enclosed like, like um, the conservatory the thing spider, yeah, yeah the habitat the yeah to, yeah but no the spider he's been um having the spider bite him all this time my thing that i didn't understand it's like okay one apparently the spider you know helps with the de-aging since you have yeah. two guys like in 30 years who have who, who at earliest are going to be in like their mid 50s you know early 60s that look pretty damn good i'm like okay i'll give you that with the spider bite but i didn't understand what his end game was with that and that was a thing that i know it's like okay he's got the strength he's got the venom is he supposed to be like he wants to be like uber rich he wants to like you know just be this mercenary for hire and be the best in the world or something like that i didn't understand like what his goal with the spider was going to be and i mean just you know he's a bad guy so um he may not need he may not really need an arc he may not really need it's like you know what i don't really care i just want to have this so i can like do whatever i want steal money and do this stuff so that's his that's his end game and that's fine but i felt like there should have been more to it than that yeah. i don't know especially since we all like we find out like you know how this spider like end up saving cassie's life because if she had not if her mom had not been bitter she would not have survived and i like how with the women when you have the four of them all of them have um abandonment issues like yes. each yeah. one of them have an abandonment story that that unifies them mm -hmm. and that's what brings them together but the thing is is like i know nothing i mean other than their actual names when you see them in their awesome superhero outfits and all that stuff i don't know who the heck they are i don't right. know how they got to be that way and i i feel like that was a huge miss it's like okay we know madam webb because it's the title of the movie but i don't think that's you know it's just like oh i you know at the end when she is like professor x and then all of a sudden she's also standing up and apparently she's not paraplegic or something like that i'm like i again i just don't i feel like i i do agree i think this should have been a limited series and really gotten into these characters gotten into like their alter egos and all that stuff i wanted more of that i wanted more than like i think what the maybe two minutes that we got combined together of that yeah. which is i feel like a huge that was a huge influence for people to see the film like for like the posters and all that stuff Which, like that's what everybody Sweeney. talked about yeah that's yeah. what everybody Sweeney was talking down about. and that's one of the things that like i've seen something like an interview now that sydney sweeney was like oh you know when i see the character in the comics it's like she's upside down so i wanted to make sure when we did this filming that i'd be like that with my feet together and all this stuff and i'm like yeah girl and you did a great job i have no idea what your name is i have no <laughs> idea what this is about but dude you nailed it you nailed it the other two again nailed it you've got the things coming out of you again awesome no idea where this came from and how you got there but you nailed the look and yeah i just wanted more i just really wanted more i just felt like they didn't give these characters their justice that they deserve like i i don't know and i feel like you know we're just not going to get anything else from them well i think I think it is a swing and a miss, but it is a very ambitious swing. 
mm-hmm. because early on when Ezekiel goes to the opera and takes home this, you know, socialite lady. Yes, turns, Jill turns, Hennessy, which I was surprised at that. And in all well, honesty, and, when I saw her, I figured, I'm like, there's your Madam Web right there. I know. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, maybe maybe in the 2023 version, but yeah, we're still 20 years yeah, past, I know. Yeah. You know, earlier. Sure. But she is you know she's an nsa you know high-ranking official that he beds and then uses to get the information to hack into their massive spying program in order to find these girls um he has a dream that he's older we can imagine that it probably takes place in 2023 or something like that and he's fighting the three teenagers that we will eventually come to meet i mean we've already met them in these like little vignettes uh, in Cassie's life, but we don't really know them yet. But they are swinging around in these crazy spider outfits. We've got Sydney Sweeney kind of almost looking like the the black spider, the black almost venom suit. We've got, um, oh my gosh, uh, the one of their girls. She's got like the the mechanical legs, almost like Peter Parker had in, in Endgame. Celeste O'Connor, uh, Celeste O'Connor, yeah, okay. And he basically they go and kick his ass and they kill him. And that's why he's obsessed with finding him because he's had this vision for, we can say, about 20 years that these people are going to come after him and, and be his undoing. So sort of Skynet style, he yeah. wants to make sure that he uses the technology at his disposal to sort of go back in time and find them and kill them before they become a problem. Now, when I first saw this in the movie, because this is like 20 minutes into this two hour film, I'm like, oh, is this the part where they're going to show a bit of it, a bit of the climax is foreshadowing mm-hmm. this and then you know an hour and 45 minutes later we'll see the full fight but they show several minutes of this fight i mean you said it was two minutes that might be the case katie but to me it felt more like three or four because it goes on and on i'm like this is way too much for a tease what are you doing here movie you're blowing your load turns out that is the load we're not that going to get load. to th- yeah. <laughs> right and i respect that because it wasn't until probably an hour later when I'm thinking about where we are in the story, I'm thinking about how much further they have to go because they established that these girls don't even have powers, much less ideas of creating costumes and stuff like, oh, this we're not going to see this. This was an this is a possible future scenario that is all that is all in not 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 even not even multiverse this is all in Ezekiel's yeah. head. Right. And I like that. Because we're building to a climax that uh, the the tease that we saw is either going to be in a future movie or it doesn't happen at all. And I liked at the end, it's the doesn't happen at all portion of the story that really hooked me. Because they say that Ezekiel was cursed when he stole that spider from the Amazon. He was cursed with the knowledge of his own death. And at the end, it turns out Cassie's the one that killed him. And that was... I think part of the curse is he saw a vision of his death and he saw these three girls who are the instrument of it. And so he became obsessed with finding them in doing so. He brought together the person who would be his undoing and set to uh, set, uh, set in motion a force for good in the world, which is what these spider people are supposed to do in the Amazon or for, you know, for the world. I thought it was a great touch, but again, kind of clumsily handled. Yeah, I mean it, that that's that's you uh, you know that's you putting it together. If we look at the way it is in the movie, it's it's kind of alluded to you know because we know Madame Web can change the future, um, 
I mentioned this in my little short review and, and I stand by it that I think if this film came out during the time it was set, people would receive it differently. Because if you look at the 2003 films that came out, you had Daredevil and you had Hulk. Not not, not one Hulk. You had Aang's mm-hmm. Hulk. Ang Lee's Hulk. And this would have probably hit a lot better then. And for me, like I said, I didn't hate the film. I was middle of the road with this. I was like, okay, I was entertained, but they really could have zigged instead of zagged in a number of spots and really made like a holy wow, this is a great film. But this goes back to, Ian, what we've talked about on the other shows when it comes to comic book films. I think everybody, subconsciously or consciously, aren't used to a street-level superhero anymore. Because what we have here is a street-level superhero story, Mm -hmm. and we haven't really gotten many of those in 10 years <laughs> in all and, honesty we we really haven't in 10 years have that closest thing is hawkeye series and and, and daredevil maybe a street yeah. level and and daredevil yeah but i you know the daredevil series and that but i'm not i'm not talking about well they're now canon because uh disney's like oh let's bring in the stuff that people like and we'll make it canon now that we said it wasn't canon but now it is canon so they'll like us again oh <laughs> You know, yeah, we had that, but I'm talking about mostly with the with the films in that. You know, I don't think people are used to a street level, basic for the most part, set up comic book film because Marvel has given us even supposed origin story type films have given us epic, earth threatening, country threatening movies. <laughs> you know, uh, big epic. You know, Marvel Universe alter changing stories yeah. for so long that you get a movie like this and you're seeing all the potential here to where if this came out earlier, I honestly think it would be because it felt like the type of superhero films that were released before Marvel really got rolling in in that you have this setup, you know, and, and I, I think for me. I would I, I I would have loved to see this as a series. In all honesty, yeah. I, I really would because I'm with you. I loved the world building. I loved the nuggets of stuff they drop in here, even if I missed the Parker references. I loved the other stuff they alluded to, and especially the end. Like the last 10 minutes of this film, or five, 10 minutes of this film, really caught me when they had her blind sitting in the window with the window frame that's like a web and you had the three girls and they're all spilled together. I'm like, yes! And then I'm like, shit, this is the end of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, damn it, I want I want to see more of these, you know, people. And, you know, and it's it, that's one of those things where I'm just like, I, I think this film is a little late as far as how it's done and written, I think it's a little late in the comic book movie world to do the the way they did it. It is the execution on the whole though. That's really for the most part, uh, the roughest out of everything in here. Yeah. I mean, I, I see what you're saying. I don't know. There would have to be a lot of reworking to, to release this in 20 in 2003, because a lot of this baggage is tied to what we know about comic movies and multiverses and and all this other business. But I mean, I, again, I, I do like that. This does feel like a 2003 era film, like the bit in the diner before 
you know, the spider guy mm-hmm. comes in mm-hmm. and attacks everybody. I liked that the girls were, you know, they were, Cassie said, okay, stay here. She stranded them in the woods with a taxi cab while she went back to New York to do some, or to the city to do some research. And they got bored and restless and kind of scared because it was dark. So they're like, let's go to that diner up the highway. They see a bunch of cute boys and they started like dancing on the table to Britney Spears' is Toxic. That to me felt like something that you'd see in like a teen comedy or a teen, you know, drama or something. It didn't feel like something was just put in there to serve the machinations of a comic book movie. I love that there was a guy at the diner who was reading the Daily Bugle and he saw the headline about the three kidnapped girls. And what does he do? He goes to a payphone and he calls the hotline. You know, we don't know what he's saying, but he's like, probably singing i i think i've just found these three abducted girls someone come and you know send the authorities come See, help and, and the the abducted girls part was out of everything in this film was my biggest issue my biggest issue with the abducted abducted girls part was because the cops literally get their asses handed to them by some spider guy not by her when the one girl yells out hey we're being abducted none of the cops react at all in the background at all that she's actually abducting the girls at all and there's nothing to indicate to the cops that she's actually abducting them they out of the blue suddenly stop her and if we saw reaction to cops in the background even or whatnot but all of a sudden they stop her saying oh you're being abducted when she only yelled out that they were being abducted once the whole thing and then the spider guy comes up and starts kicking their ass and they instead of focusing on hey we need an apb out on a guy in a spider suit kicking spider people's asses we get oh no we're putting an apb out on this one woman who <laughs> was with three girls who they've been abducted you know it, and that part i'm like there's a different way they could have retooled that to yes. where you could still be on the run and not have the police involved necessarily no i i think the police involvement is very important to that to that whole story because i think it contributes to their fear and distrust of authority the reason they they feel like they can't go to anybody um i think that works i think what you're saying mark they did need and again this probably comes back to direction a little bit of the screenwriting retool that so that they both put on apb for this creepy weird guy in a spider outfit who's just you know assaulted a bunch of cops at the same time there's apparently abduction going on it's a very it's a confusing chaotic scene in new york at the time there was a lot of that going on um so i get it but yeah it's it's clumsily handled but i like that we got to where we got to even if how we got there isn't uh isn't handled the best way um but yeah i like i really liked all the the central characters you know Mm -hmm. in this movie i thought they were sweet in their own way i think they had a natural chemistry and damn it i really wanted to see more of them i can't say that i felt this connected to a set of comic book movie characters in well okay aside from like the miles morales uh spider-verse movies uh probably half a decade um but unfortunately we're not going to get to see more of these characters and their powers i don't think unless someone puts them in as an easter egg in a future like maybe they'll show up in and deadpool and wolverine you know as a post-credit stinger like hey remember these <laughs> spider people i don't know katie we've been jawing a lot uh, jump in here <laughs> sorry uh no i see what mark's saying with the uh the 
annoyance with the uh, abduction and all that stuff. I feel like that was needed because uh, Ezekiel had all this NSA technology and to utilize that with the APBs and, you know, use um, any of the cameras that they have, which I mean, it's 2003, but it is post 9-11. So right. you're going to have some of those cameras out. I still don't think in 2003 they had as many as they were alluding to in the film. But um, I feel like you needed to have that APB and the whole thing with the abduction to really utilize NSA and like how it's like, oh, you know, we just um, caught into this um, phone call. So now we're going to intercept it and have Mr. Spider Guy, you know, go in there and uh, take over. I do like the fact that they use Britney Spears toxic. I think yes, that's great. That was a great um, needle drop. I think yeah. it was very obvious that Pepsi had a lot to do with this movie. It, um, it was, it killed the villain at the end. I he mean, yeah. A giant P. I know. I mean, it's like, you know, good for you, Pepsi. Um, but I also think it's very, again, I think it's very weird that Pepsi obviously was a big sponsor for this film. And yet I have not seen a lot of stuff from Pepsi promoting this film. Mm -hmm. So again, I think they all knew that it's like, yeah, we're just, we're just going to let this go and do its thing and not really do anything else, which I think, um, as we've discussed, yeah, I think a limited series, honestly, would have been a way to go for this. Um, I think just to show what's to elongate, you know, the friendship with the girls and see what they had to do. Because I feel like it's kind of weird. I mean, I know the one girl, her dad was supported, but the other two, they do have parents, even though they kind of like seem like they don't I feel like at one point the parents would have come into play in some way or another, but maybe not. I don't know. It seemed like they well, didn't really care. <laughs> it, well, it's a very compressed. I mean, this movie does not take place over the course of a long period of time. I mean, yeah. it's maybe right. a couple of days from stem to stern. No, so, a week. it's a week. It's because, a week. Yeah, because the girls were there for a week because she has to go to the Amazon and back. Yeah, because, you know, that trip to Amazon takes a week's time because she makes sure to say that which good for her on an emt salary that she can also afford to go from new york to the amazon to wherever the hell that area is because i know that could not have been cheap <laughs> well the i mean let's talk about her uh, it's not quite a friend's apartment but you know she lives in a pretty nice place for uh, for new york emt um so yeah I, okay so it's it's about a week yeah that that does paint a little bit of a problem except for the parents of the um oh my gosh what is her name uh, i'm gonna get it i'm gonna get it i'm gonna get it which one maybe not the celeste or maddie uh the or one the whose parents or the, the were, yeah skateboard julia girl. maddie yes There's maddie celeste o'connor's character her parents were often, yeah, in Dubai or whatever, mm -hmm. and they were, you know, dad was on business and mom was shopping, I guess. I mean, this isn't, I mean, it is 2003, so it's not exactly the 1980s, but I don't know what that communication is like, like when it was discovered that she was missing, because she was also a teenage girl who was basically raised by the nanny. And I don't get the feeling that she was home a lot. So it could be that oh, she was maybe just out partying all week and maybe going to class. 
Um, I don't have so much a problem with that. Uh, I do like that the explanation for the reason that they're so disconnected from their families are all very different and work their way back into yeah. the central story. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of thought behind this. Now, I do want to push back a little bit on the whole idea of the surveillance state and how much cameras and technology they had in 2003 because I was a huge fan of the TV show 24 which took place <laughs> in that time period that and true. CTU Jack Bauer was you know you, he could get into a cell phone that hadn't even been invented yet practically and get camera footage of whoever so um no so oh wait a second hold on Petty. Petty's back hey Petty. chat Petty hey hello guys I didn't see the movie well, you're in good company because most people haven't and probably won't. But what I, from what I've heard, they say it's terrible. Could it be? Well, I would say rewind about the last 65 minutes and you can see our reactions uh, are answering that question. I think it's not great, but I think there is greatness in it. I think there's a lot of potential in it. Um, the, I think the people who are jumping on the hate bandwagon for this are way overdoing it, possibly for clicks. But I mean... I haven't seen this level of analysis or consideration or taking it seriously as a movie that I think we've done here. So who knows? Up, uh, Patty, I, I have you're crying, laughing at that. So I, I haven't I seen this it. level. I, of, I haven't seen this level of hate since the two movies that I really love that everybody hate came out, which was Batman v Superman and The Last Jedi. Uh, I haven't seen this much level of hate for a film. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, hey, I'm I'm and, there with you on one of those, but and, and well, and with those films, that sent me down a rabbit hole for like six months. That I was surprised I still had a podcast because I was really trying to figure out fandom and how people were hating on the Batman v Superman because there were just as many problems with Marvel films as that one, but in different ways. But I was trying to de deconstruct it, and then I just stopped myself because I was going down a rabbit hole that was really. Uh, messing it up but this one madam web people were hating on it similar to batman v superman before anyone saw a single frame of it they just saw a trailer and the poster and granted i i get it they weren't the best nothing about the trailer really caught me too the film was better than the trailer alluded to uh, i think this is a classic example of a studio creating something and I have a feeling that the studio got their fingers meddling in this with the way this story plays out because it comes in in just under two hours. And normally I don't want a film to go longer, but it feels like that there's bits or stuff that were retooled in here that yeah, you could have used another. And that's why I say I don't necessarily need that five, ten minutes of the Amazon versus I would have rather it, it just feels like I have a feeling this would partly was because of the director they have who is mostly used to TV, they may have directed this or edited this by committee a bit mm. and had produced because there's parts in here, like I said, where it looks like they're going to be doing something really cool. And then it just falls short and it, it, it like goes, no. And you're just like, well, wait, what about, you know, it, there were many head scratching moments and I'm going bald up top and I didn't, I don't have a lot of hair. <laughs> So I don't I I was losing a little bit of hair because parts of me really really wanted to be like man this was just so solid and I could see the potential but they ended up going 
a slightly less direction with it. And I don't know if that is because of the director or if that's because <laughs> of producers looking at this going, we got to trim this down or, you know, people won't get this when I think you had extra 10 minutes where you got to spend just a little more time with our three girls a little bit more or the three girls and Cassie. I think just giving you some more of those moments, I think would have helped many people, including myself, really feel it more. But like I said, I didn't feel the whole Cassie connection thing. I thought she, I just didn't really care for her character at all. I'm like, these three girls are right for leaving and going to the cafe. Just keep walking, just keep <laughs> walking. Cause you know, uh, so yeah, I mean, it, it's, that's why I'm on the fence with this. I'm mixed. I don't think it's the worst movie out. I, I think that recent years for Marvel, you know, a Marvel universe film, I think that can be held by Morbius. Um, but, <laughs> You know, here's here's the thing. I and I've talked. We've talked about Morbius. I've talked about both Venom movies. I honestly think this is the best of the Sony Marvel movies, partially because of tone. I mean, I think Morbius was compromised from the get go, but you know, that's another film that I think was a victim of memes that had nothing to do with the actual movie. Like it's Morbin time. Some you know idiot on the internet just made that up as a thing and it, it became associated with the movie that's not fair to the film mm -hmm. you know so it's like what about it's morbid time like what about it it has nothing to do with anything watch the movie and evaluate it on its own terms instead of giving in to internet memedom which is always good advice mark petty says i'm with you on that reasoning there is no movie starring henry henry cavill it is bad i winced when i saw that because i'm like petty you were here for our argyle discussion last week but then, <laughs> i love you petty i love you i agree petty <laughs> but then then i remembered henry cavill does not star in that movie he is in that movie but he is not the star no matter what the posters would have you believe um in argyle is co-starring there you go You're yeah. same wavelength okay <laughs> Are you a lawyer, Petty? Because that was that was very fine reasoning there, getting down into the, the nitty-gritty. I love it. Okay, so anyway, I think it's about time to uh, undo this web, put this live stream to bed, some other terrible mismatch metaphor. I think I really did hit my head on that train, which is why I've been here defending Madam Web for over an hour. Um, but thank you, Mark the Movie Man Krawcheck of the Spoiler Room at Special Mark Productions. Thank you, Katie Glidewell, the blonde in front. Um, I am going to thank myself, uh, Ian Simmons, of kicking the seat. I'm going to thank Petty. Petty, you're the greatest. Thank you. I, I didn't call out your I didn't call out your super chat from earlier, but I really do appreciate it. Um, and you in tuning in and hanging out and giving your opinions on Henry, Henry Cavill. Um, I, you know, in a couple of weeks, we are going to be talking about this movie. Now, when I went to the theater, I thought for sure that the highlight of my night was going to be getting my own dune fuck bucket as i call it <laughs> i don't have any <laughs> what dune or never mind um <laughs> but it turned out it was madam webb the bucket was only a bonus um but i i, I have an idea if, hmm? what's that mine was the bucket mine was the bucket, was the bucket. did you did you did you get the bucket i got two two you could flip them on ebay for like a hundred dollars. I know. And the thing is, the people that at the theater didn't even know that. I was like, do you know that these are going for like 90 bucks each? They're like, what? I'm like, hey, okay, I'm, yeah, I'm holding on to my kid's investment here. OK, no, just kidding. <laughs> I've got oh my God. I've got that one and I've got this one. So 
the McDonald's adult Happy Meal toys from last year. Uh, that is scarier amazing. than anything in Madam Web. Um, oh, hold on a second. I, Bye, if, guys. Petty if, says. If and, Petty, Petty, if you're still around and you're wondering, I, I'll just pop. If Ian, you don't mind, I'll pop it real quick. I'll say it just like I said at the end of my review. This is worth an early show. A matinee show or five or six buck Tuesday, whatever discount day you have around, it's worth that. Okay. And what's really great is I drove 25 minutes just to see this so I could be on the show tonight for Ian because I wanted Thank to you. talk with Ian and I wanted to talk with Katie because I love you guys both, uh, talking films with you both. Um, and what was great is I had five dollar credit, so the movie only cost me 475. And I got four. I got four seventy five entertainment. There's entertainment to be had here, Petty. Just do the early show. You don't need the full show, and then that gives you more money for a fuck bucket. There you go. And an answer to that, I promise we're going to go in a second. But uh, I, I should clarify: is sex thing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, it's a Dune two uh, specialty bucket from AMC Theaters, and as you can see, it's modeled after the sandworm, and these are actually like little rubber teeth. And as my wife pointed out, who would ever eat popcorn out of that? I don't know, but I'm going to put it up my shelf somewhere. But well, anyway. You guys have seen the SNL skit, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's how I found out about it. Oh, yeah. It's hilarious. <laughs> I'll link to that below uh, after the after the stream's over. Definitely check it out. <laughs> but um, yeah, and good luck on eBay, everybody, with your, with your Dune buckets. Um, anyway, I, I'm thinking about next week. I don't know if there's going to be a new release, but uh, I might want to revisit that romancing the stone idea. So uh, see if people are, are free then. So uh, be sure and like and subscribe and click the bell for notifications for kicking the seat. Also be sure and follow my co-Earth's Mightiest critics, uh, Mark and Katie, and the entire talented roster listed below. We definitely appreciate it. And until next time, whenever that is, whatever that is, thank you very much. Take care. And go see Madam Webb making it. Huge hit, so we can see the Sydney Sweeney in that costume and the, the girl with the spider legs and Mark with his Batman comics. Batman. Um, oh, wait. Oh, and Petty was scared for a moment, as <laughs> you should be. I am not going to do anything with that bucket, at least not on camera. All right. Good night, everybody. Good night. Bye.